0: Would you like to be seated? (coughs) And we're going to have our Bible reading. Pauline is going to read to us from John's Gospel.
1: So the reading is from uh, John, chapter 10, verses 1 to 10. The shepherd and his flock. I tell you the truth. Anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in by some other way, is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of his sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gates for him and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he's brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. They will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they don't recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but they did not understand what he was telling them. Therefore, Jesus said again, I tell you the truth, I am the gate for the sheep. All whoever came before me were thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate all who enter through me will be saved they will come in and go out and find pasture the thief comes only to steal and to kill and destroy i have come that they may have life and have it to the full this is the word of the lord thanks
0: Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, we pray now that as we uh, come to reflect on your word, that you would speak to each of us. Give us ears to hear your voice, I pray this morning. Fill us with your spirit that we might have the courage to respond to your leading. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Excuse me. Well, this morning is a vision sermon and a vision Sunday. Uh, And so, really, I just wanted to kind of outline something of where I see us going over the course of this next year. That was hence the question around did you know what the vision statement for Christchurch was? Well, this learning to live the life, I guess in some ways begs many questions. One of them might be uh, learning to live what life, or whose life, or uh, what should it be modelled upon? Well, for those of you that don't know, that this was rooted in this passage that we had read to us this morning, and particularly in that last verse in John 10.10, 10, where Jesus says, I have come that they might have life and have it to the full. And so this learning to live the life is learning to live the full, abundant life that (coughs) that Jesus is promising his followers right here in this passage. Uh, And this Greek word (coughs) that is used at the end there, this full life that was talked about, (coughs) is a bit of a strange Greek word. (coughs) Excuse me. Uh, But it tries to encapsulate something of this full abundance, uh, abundance to overflowing. You've got so much of it that it just keeps on going and keeps on giving. That's the life that Jesus is promising to his followers, to his disciples. The life that is on offer as a free gift. Come and experience life in all its fullness, abundance, overflowingness. And Jesus is saying, this this is what I'm offering you. This is what could be yours. And so as Christchurch, what we're seeking to do is to step into, to live into that life that God promises us, the fullness, the abundance of what it means to live the Jesus way, the Jesus-shaped life, if you like. So to be a follower of Jesus is to know who he is, but it's also to live out this abundant life that he promises. Uh, Now, for those of you that have been seduced by TV advertising, I want you to try and cast your mind back to the 1990s and to a particular advert being used, an advertising slogan used to advertise Pepsi. Now, back in the day, the advertising slogan was this, live life to the max drink a can of Pepsi and live life to the max. And essentially what Jesus is trying to convey here in this short verse in John 10 is in order for you to live life to the max, you've got to live life the Jesus way. Live a life that is shaped by Jesus. Don't try and do it on your own. Don't try and live in your own strength. Don't try and live a life that pleases yourself, but rather To live the full, abundant life is to live the Jesus-shaped life. Live the way that he would live your life if he were you. In short, Jesus is promising us a a life that is far better than all that we could ask or imagine. Maybe even a concept that we find rooted in uh, 1 Corinthians 2, where Paul says, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what god has prepared for those who love him what an incredible thought the life that god has prepared for us and wants for us is almost beyond our comprehension beyond our thinking beyond our imagining uh, and, and this, this again is picked up by paul in his uh, letter to the ephesians where he's praying for the ephesian church and, and he says uh, God is able to do immeasurably more than all you could ask or imagine. That fullness of life that is promised by Jesus in John 10, Paul is referencing again here. God is able to do more than you can ask or imagine. Uh, And when I look back and see what God has done in Christchurch in the last few years, I'd say that is testament to, to God being able to do immeasurably more than you could ask or imagine. It's setting out on a building redevelopment project uh, and and the huge cost that that has involved. But what we've seen is that God has delivered on his promise to provide for that work, uh, and the debts have been paid off. We weren't quite expecting the work on the the South Tower to take place and uh, incur spiralling costs around that. But I draw you back to and remind you of God's faithfulness in delivering on... He's able to do immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine. But what I want us to capture is this living life to the full. Living that full, abundant life. It seems to me that so often when we try to live our own lives in our own strength, with our own set of priorities and goals, life can often be rather dull or dispiriting perhaps even unfulfilling. It might even feel a little bit empty or meaningless. But when we're walking with Jesus, there comes a new vitality, a new purpose, a new set of priorities, a new vitality, a new superabundance of life, if you like. We see God do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine. We see God answering prayers in a way that we wouldn't have conceived possible. And so that's what it means to live life to the max, to live that full, abundant life, to live life the Jesus-shaped way. And it's when we're doing that that life really becomes worth living. We get a sense that we're really alive, living in the real world. And so to live life the Jesus way is to learn to practice being with Jesus in order that we become more like Jesus, in order that we're able to do what Jesus did. Do you notice that? Being with Jesus so that we become like him, in order that we're able to do what Jesus did. That is the full abundant life that is on offer to all of Jesus' disciples. And that's what we're aspiring to do when we're talking about living the life that Jesus has promised to each of us, being with Jesus, becoming like Jesus, doing what Jesus did. And this passage promises a superior, superabundant life, life in all its fullness, uh, empowered by the indwelling presence of Jesus in each and every one of us. We have Jesus because he lives within us. And so we become more like him. And so we're able to do what he did. So what does it mean for us here at Christchurch this year? Uh, Well, you may or may not be aware that the staff team met at the end of May last year and spent a day praying, listening, talking, uh, and trying to discern what was God calling us to here at Christchurch. And we identified seven priorities. Now needless to say, uh, it would have been a tall order to try and uh, make all of those of reality, even in, w- in, in one year, never mind in two or three years. But what's happened is over the course of the last three or four uh, months, it's been distilled down into kind of three distinct priority areas. And I think that these Uh, focuses, these things that we we sense we're being called to do can be summed up in three words, deeper, wider, younger. We'd love to see the church family growing deeper in their discipleship, wider in seeing more people come to know and experience the fullness of life that Jesus offered uh, and having more children as part of our church family. So let me just dig into these in a little more detail. The first is growing deeper, growing deeper in our discipleship. Now I know that there's been a focus on whole life discipleship at Christchurch for a number of years, with a particular po- uh, focus in helping people to identify where is their front line? Where is the place where they're being called to be Jesus and to do what Jesus did? Where is the place where they're being called to talk about the fullness of life that Jesus so freely offers uh, everybody? Uh, Now, for some of you, that missional location may well be your place of work. But it might also be the school gate. uh, Or it might be the Lego club or the gym uh, or warm spaces. I mean, it could be any number of places. But it's the place where you know that you're being called to be Jesus, to do what Jesus did, to introduce people to who Jesus is and the fullness of life that he offers to all that would come to him. And so over the course of the next year or so, there's going to be an invitation for you, uh, the church family, to join a a rhythm of life. Uh, And this rhythm of life is a set of six practices that will encourage us, I hope, to get spiritually fitter and go deeper with Jesus. As we learn to practice these practices over the course of the year, I'm hoping that we'll be start to become more like Jesus in order that we might be able to do more of what Jesus did. Uh, and uh, Anita has spent quite a lot of time working on this in the last few months and she's met with me and Nigel and Paul a few times to talk things over and to kind of shape her ideas and thinking around these set of practices but I believe that they're going to help us to go deeper in order that we would grow into the more into the likeness of Jesus uh, the Rhythm of Life is going to be launched on Ash Wednesday and there will be much more detail at that service and again on Sunday the 18th. There will be an opportunity to come along and to sign up and say, yes, I'm up for this journey. Uh, I'm going to practice or learn to practice these practices over the course of the next year in order that I might see a more Jesus-shaped life in my own life. But it's something we're going to do corporately so we can encourage one another to keep going. Uh, did you know that um, it takes six to eight weeks of practicing something before it becomes a habit? Six of eight weeks doing the same thing virtually every day before it becomes a natural habit, a natural part of your life. Well, let me just share with you that uh, at the beginning of the new year, I was thinking about the fact that I needed to eat a few less chocolate bars, lose a bit of weight uh, and get a bit fitter. Now, those great aspirations were wonderful, but it was only on about day four or five that I, I lost the plot and started eating more chocolate than I should have done uh, and hadn't been for a run. But what I noticed is that if I would talked about that with more people or asked them to encourage me when they saw me nibbling another chocolate bar or, or encouraging me to go for a run when I was uh, feeling lazy, maybe I'd have stuck with the program a little bit longer. And this sense of us corporately engaging in a rhythm of life is so that we can encourage one another. When you get fed up or tired or bored of doing something, when you don't feel like it's making much difference, you need someone to come alongside you and say, don't give up, keep going. Or why don't I sit down and, uh, and we, we can practice the practice together? We need people alongside us to encourage us. That's why we're part of a family, why God instituted his, uh, uh, yeah, his family of grace and love. It's a place where we encourage and spur one another on. So come along, sign up and get involved in the rhythm of life. I just wanted to remind you too of uh, one of Jesus' parables in Matthew 7. The two builders or maybe the two houses. You may remember that Jesus said these words. He who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his life on a rock, a foundation that would not shift regardless of the storms. He who hears my words and puts them into practice. People, it's all about doing Practising what God has called us to be and to do. It's not about hearing a whole load of good stuff. I think that sometimes there's a danger that we put too much emphasis on learning, reading, hearing lots of good uh, talks or sermons. Not necessarily including mine in that. Uh, It could be encouraging us to do lots of note-taking or reading other books. We consume lots of information. But actually, what Jesus says, it's about putting it into practice. That's what helps us to grow into the likeness of Jesus. That's what makes us a disciple. You know, unapplied truth is a bit like unapplied paint. You can buy, buy all the paint you need to redecorate your house, and you can put it in the garage. But that's not gonna decorate your house. That's not gonna change the color of the the, the walls in the kitchen or the lounge. You need to break open the paint and start applying it on the walls. Applying the teaching of Jesus is what makes us a disciple. Ultimately, it changes us, and it changes the community in which Is that because I've preached for too long, maybe? Uh, so that, that was the. That maybe that's my nod to move on. That was the first thing, which was about growing deeper. Now, the second thing is growing wider, seeing more people become Christians. Now, if Jesus promises the full, abundant life, and that that has been our experience, do we not want other people to know the reality? of Jesus' life-changing love in their own lives, in order that they can experience the fullness, the abundance, the superabundance of God's life for them? Well, of course we do. And that's what we're being called to here at Christchurch. And so part of our vision is to see new people come to faith in Jesus, to experience that new full life that is on offer. Did you know that this year that we've got uh, 17 people signed up to do Alpha on a Monday evening? And now, as I understand that, that's the, the highest number of people we've had signed up for Alpha for quite a number of years. So isn't that encouraging to see that God is at work by his spirit in our community, drawing people to himself, seeking to reveal more of who he is in order that they can live out that full abundant life that is on offer. People, God is at work in us and through us. It's why there are 17 people signed up for Alpha. And this is just one way or part of the way that people could be introduced to Jesus, how they could encounter the reality of who he is and the new life that he has on offer for them. But you might want to bring a friend along to Warm Space Cafe on a Thursday. I um, mean, if you come along on the days when music trainer here, I mean, it, there is so much noise in music and dancing and singing, it is uh, breathtaking. But it's a wonderful place where people gather together and they experience a place of acceptance and love and belonging. It's an opportunity for us to be able to talk about and share with others the full abundant life that we know. Bring someone along that may be feeling a bit lonely or on their own. Come and have some fun. Have a free meal. Meet some of the team and talk to them. Maybe even pray with them. If you've got a situation that you know of that you're finding difficult, ask one of the team to pray with you. Let's see people come to know Jesus because of the full life we're experiencing that we want others to come and know for for themselves. You may know that we're seeking to start a dementia-friendly cafe uh, on the third Thursday of the month at Warm Spaces, pre- providing a safe, a safe space and a free meal for those that are suffering with dementia and those that are seeking to care for those that are suffering with dementia, a place where they can find uh, encouragement and uh, find someone that they can talk with them, pray with them, encourage them. These are great opportunities for us to talk about the fullness and abundance of life that we've experienced that we want others to come to know too. Uh, And lastly, I want to speak about the uh, school chaplaincy team or the schools ministry team. I don't know what what, what we're quite calling it yet, but uh, did you know that we've got nine schools in our parish Can you believe that? Nine schools, uh, one Catholic, one secondary, and seven primary schools. That is a huge number of children uh, in education within our parish. Now, I expect you all know that we've got a very close, good working relationship with Christchurch infants and juniors, but that's only two out of the nine schools. Uh, And so over the course of the last three or four months, well, over the course of the last year, but particularly in the last three or four months, I've really sensed God saying that we need to be uh, concentrating on building links with the schools in our parish Uh, and seeking to serve them uh, and look for opportunities where we can talk about the fullness of life that we've experienced that God has got on offer for all people Whatever age they are, however young or small they may be. And so over the course of the last three or four months, I just want to particularly thank Harriet and uh, Julie Gardner and Ali for the work that they've been doing in establishing this new schools ministry team uh, and in making the links with other schools in our parish and seeking to look for opportunities where we can serve them where we can get alongside them and talk about the fullness of life that we've experienced that is on offer for for the children in our parish too. And so I'm really encouraged by the fact that uh, Bromley Heath Infant and Juniors, uh, Black Horse and Froome Vale Academy uh, have invited us to come and be part of uh, their school community. Uh, They've invited us to host prayer spaces in their schools. Uh, to put on experience events so children can come and learn more about the Christmas story and the Easter story and hopefully encounter something of the reality of Jesus as we tell those stories. Uh, We've been looking to put on uh, church services here uh, and hosting the schools as they come to celebrate significant parts of their school year. Uh, and I've been amazed and encouraged by how warmly that we've been welcomed and asked to come in and partner with these local schools. And again, it's testament to see where, where and how God is at work by his spirit, opening doors, providing opportunities for us to go in and to talk about Jesus and serve our local schools. Uh, and so as a result of this, I'm really excited that the PCC have agreed to increasing Uh, Harriet's paid hours in order that she's able to continue leading and developing this team and the ministry into these schools. Now you may also be interested to know that in the last few weeks we've been having to complete a Church of England mission statistics. Uh, Fortunately it's not a great, I I don't have to play a great deal of a part in this, it's uh, other members of the team but basically it's a lot of number crunching and collecting of data Uh, And what I found really interesting to notice is in the course of the last year, we've had 30 new adults join Christchurch, 10 new children and one teenager. Now, how encouraging and amazing is that? That's 41 new people have joined our church in the course of the last year. And it's good to notice how that God is at work by his spirit, drawing people to himself and using us uh, as his vehicle to talk about the goodness of God and the, and the full life that is on offer. God is building his kingdom in us and through us, and he will do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine. How good is that? Say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for what you are doing and have done already. So we've had growing deeper, growing wider And the last thing is growing younger. This is our final area of priority. And perhaps unsurprisingly, it's also a priority that we share with the wider Church of England. Uh, The Church of England has made it a goal that in the course of the next six years, they want to double the number of children attending church and being part of a a church family uh, and growing as young disciples. Now, that seems like a mammoth challenge but a challenge worth uh, grabbing hold of and getting involved with. And that's one of the reasons why we're continuing to invest money in paying for Harriet in order to grow our children's ministry and our school's ministry. It's why Harriet and Anita partner together to plan and organise outreach evangelistic events for children and young families. It's why Harriet and Anita are running Tea and Toast on a Tuesday Afternoon, after school, in order to provide a space for young families to come and be. We're seeking to connect with our community and serve them, to make contacts, to build relationships, to draw people in, in order that we might share with them the fullness of life that is on offer to them. We were needing to grow younger. And the bottom line is, is that if we don't invest in growing younger, in getting more children to be part of our church family, we're in danger of the church fizzling out or dying out. It's got to be a priority for how we grow and move forward in the future. And what I've been really encouraged by is the, the, the opportunities that, and the way that I've been seeing God at work. You may recall that uh, at Christmas, We ran a Christmas cafe event down at Quakers Road. Uh, We had five families come along to that uh, event. Three of them were families that we hadn't got any contact with at all through anything, but they'd seen the work that we'd been doing in Bromley Heath School. They'd seen the advert on social media, and so they came along. And what I want you to notice is that God is at work. God is at work through the things that we're seeking tr- to try and do in obedience to his call to live out that full, abundant life. Amen. And that God is good. That God is working with us and through us. And so as we need to figure out what that, those next steps will be down at Quakers Road to build uh, more families and children as a worshipping presence down there, uh, there are steps that we will need to take. We will need to be bold and courageous. We will need to try things out. Some things will fail and fizzle out. uh, Other things will grow. But my my desire is that we see uh, more of the fullness of this life on offer uh, and new people coming to experience that. So I believe it's this call to go deeper, wider, wider, and younger over the course of the next year. So how might you be involved? And I've almost run out of time. So very quickly, there are five ways. The first is is a way that everyone can be involved, and that is to pray. Pray for us as we seek to grow deeper, wider, and younger. Pray for warm spaces, for dementia-friendly cafe, for the school chaplaincy team, for the young families' events. Uh, Invite someone invite someone to something it could be warm spaces it could be inviting a family near you to come to one of the family's events we put on like the pancake party on the 17th of February it could be inviting someone to come along to church inviting them to come and hear something about the fullness of life that is on offer so we've got pray invite tell you could tell someone about the fullness of life that you've experienced and the difference difference Jesus makes to your life. Uh, The fourth thing is giving. Uh, I've talked to you about the need to be increasing Harriet's paid hours. uh, As we've been increasing the the workload, so the workload in the office has increased, and so we've needed to to pay uh, Beth more hours in order to try and help provide the uh, administrative support that we need to keep functioning. Uh, and so that there is a cost gap in, in, our, in the way that we're functioning uh, and that we anticipate needing to raise another £8,000 a year in order to help pay for Beth and Harriet's extra hours. So my invitation to you is, please, will you prayerfully reconsider or, or consider your, your giving at the moment and, uh, and how you're giving and what you're giving. And there are two things that I'd just like to say. If you're not part of the parish Uh, giving scheme and signed up in some way would you consider joining that and committing to uh, giving a certain amount on a monthly basis that helps us with our budgeting uh, and our financial responsibilities now if you'd like to know more about giving you could speak to adrian adrian likes to stand up and wave and look lovely here he is Adrian is the planned giving man, uh, and so he he organises all of that. If you want to know more, uh, you can go and speak to him. And we've got some leaflets here and with some information about how you can sign up for that and be a part of our planned giving scheme. The uh, the second thing connected with this is I'd say, if you're a tax giver, please will you make sure that you are gift-aiding your gift, that means we get the tax back on that, and the Chancellor is helping to contribute towards the mission of God, which cannot be a bad thing. So I've got uh, pray, invite, tell, give, and the last thing is consider serving. Consider serving on one of our teams: uh, warm spaces, um, on the children's team, on the schools ministry team, uh, on, the week, on, on the kind of the one-off family events get stuck in, get involved. Let's see God grow his kingdom. Let's see more people experience the reality of the fullness of life that is on offer as we seek to grow deeper, wider, and younger. Let me pray. Gracious Lord, we thank you for your goodness and your love to us. Thank you for the full life that is on offer to each and every one of us. As we seek to learn to live this life. Lord God, may we see more people come to know who you are and your great love for each of them. Lord God, would you use our offering and bless it. May we see your kingdom come. In Jesus' name. Amen.